This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin. I'm your host here on the podcast and I lead the team at Parenting for Faith. This is episode three of season four, and today we are going to be talking to Ollie from Children Can all about friendships. It is a massive deal, isn't it? If your children and teenagers have good friends, it's a huge weight off your mind. And when that's messy and not going well, it's really, really difficult to navigate. Uh, So we asked Ollie for his wisdom as the leader of Children Can and a dad of five children, and uh, someone who's recently written a book called Camp Survival, which is all about. enabling children to navigate friendships well. So we thought he was a good person to ask. Uh, But before we jump into that, I am going to talk about Christmas. I'm sorry, I said it out loud. But some of you super organised keen beans are thinking about it already and uh, we didn't want to miss this opportunity. Uh, So many of you know that we're a charity. Everything that we do and we produce is entirely dependent on your generosity. And we are so, so grateful uh, for all the ways that you pray for us and support us and give to us. Um, And I just wanted to tell you about a couple of really easy ways you can do that uh, with Christmas coming up. One is um, if you are a person who writes and sends Christmas cards, um, I'm not because I'm not organised enough, but I know many of you wonderful people are, um, would you consider buying your Christmas cards from BRF, from us? Um, so Because that's a really easy way for us to raise money and for you to get nice Christmas cards. Uh, so there's, there'll be a link in the show notes, um, but we'd really appreciate you buying them from us. And if you've got some people on your list who you think, oh, they've got everything, what am I going to buy uh, for them? And we'd really love you to consider buying them a virtual gift. So BRF is giving away loads and loads of resources to those in need this Christmas. They're giving away Bible reading notes and Christmas story booklets to food banks and community kitchens, hospices, prisons. And really excitingly, um, they're taking Rachel Turner's book, Comfort in Uncertain Times, and translating it into Ukrainian and uh, giving it out to churches and organisations working with Ukrainians and supporting them coming to the UK. And if you would like to, you can support that. Uh, You go on to the virtual gifts page and uh, donate some money and you can tell the person here, this is what um, the gift that I have given given in your honour, in your name has enabled us to do and to give out those resources to people in need. So it's a really nice way of Uh, yeah still getting someone a present um, but yeah doing something that helps other people as well so uh, do make use of that if you'd like to and if you're just annoyed at me that I mentioned Christmas and you're like we love what you do we'd like to support you but don't make me buy Christmas cards or virtual gifts uh, then you can do that too if you go to brf.org.uk forward slash friends you can become a friend of Parenting for Faith anything from £2 a month makes a real real difference to us I know these are incredibly challenging financial times, uh, so we are grateful for all donations, small or large. And um, yeah, thank you so much to everyone who's already partnering with us in that way. But I'm going to hand over now to my colleague Becky as she interviews Ollie Goldenberg. Hi, I'm Becky Sedgwick, one of the team here at Parenting for Faith. And I'm here with Ollie Goldenberg of Children Can. And we're here to talk about what, in my parenting brain, is one of the trickiest topics ever friendships 
So, Ollie, before we begin, do you want to tell us something about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So we lead a ministry called Children Can. And uh, as part of that, we want to see the next generation fall in love with Jesus. But we're also about connecting generations of church together. And on a personal level, I have five children. Uh, age they're now aged between 10 and 19 um so each one different personalities and obviously have a lovely wife as well called helen so i guess with five children you have experienced every variety of friendship thing going so you sound like an excellent candidate to quiz on this one so the first topic <laughs> the first question and i reckon this is the easiest i'm just warning you is what are the important things to teach kids about friendship yeah, so I think for many of us as parents, friendship is probably one of the most anxiety inducing parts of our parenting journey. Um, if only they have a good friend, I know they'll be OK. So if we take a step back and say, well, what does it mean to be a good friend? It's going to be somebody who is willing to share of themselves, but also willing to let the other person be themselves. So we're talking about things like being loving, kind generous taking an interest in other people and if all of those sound like huge topics for when you've got a toddler and how does that work and this sounds like the kind of thing you talk to your teenagers about well even at toddler age we're teaching those kind of social skills so when you have a play date and some friends come around for some toddlers the idea of someone being allowed to play with their precious toy is almost meltdown moment but to help them navigate through that and say no it's good to share and you will get it back which i, I know for some of mine when they were younger will i get my toy back and you'd see them playing as the the kid's going to walk out the door still clutching the toy because that <laughs> child doesn't want to let go and uh, so but even part of that is navigating helping them to understand that actually this is what it means to love people, to share with people and to be a friend. You let them play with what you have and you play with what they have. Now, obviously, as you grow older, coming into those teenage years, it's still those same principles that apply. Um, but sometimes it's a bit more challenging, I think, as they get older. That's not meant to discourage any parents of toddlers who are tearing their hair out at the moment going, I can't do this. <laughs> but but, um, but I think it gets more challenging because we're not on hand and we're not in the same yeah. huge authority figure of when we say, no, you must share. We're, we're not able to intervene in the same mm -hmm. way. So our parenting has to be a little bit more hands off from a distance guiding them. Yeah, but if you've established those principles early on, it does actually make things a bit smoother i think definitely but but i'm always a bit reluctant to say that because that's encouraging for those who are at the early stage but if you're at the later stage and going well i should have done that i've only just come into really thinking about parenting my encouragement is it's never too late to start so yeah establish yeah. it early it makes life easier but if you haven't done it it's not too late to start talking about these things and picking it apart yeah, well, it's been over a decade since my daughter left school, but there was two little words which just struck fear into my heart when she came home from school. And it was friendship issues. Now, you know, I think we all know that friendships produce the most amazing list of emotions in us. You know, they can be the most affirming thing we ever have. They can bring joy, but sometimes they can bring confusion, anger, frustration, Children can be so hurt by friendships, they can be buoyed up with them. How can we help our children sort of navigate the roller coaster of emotions? Because as soon as we're a friend, we're vulnerable and that exposes us to, to so much. So what advice have you got for parents about helping kids navigate the ups and downs of friendships? Yeah, my first advice is listen. 
you know, a listening ear goes a long way. And I, I think a lot of parenting for faith, your principles is listen to the child, isn't it? And hear what they're going through, listen to their emotions. Um, but as you listen, I'm always listening with my children for two things. One is what are, what are my children doing wrong? What can they learn from this? And the other is what, what is their friend doing wrong? Is this something that's become toxic and tipped into something that's dangerous? Mm -hmm. Or is it just one of those little blips, they're having a bad day? Can I help my child to kind of maybe understand things from their friend's perspective and be a bit more caring? So for example, your friend you know is going through a troubled time at home. Maybe that's why they're a bit off with you. What do you think they need from you at this time? Or oh, we've noticed this has been a pattern over a while. They keep treating you that way and saying these nasty things to you is that a good friendship is that going to help you is that a wholesome friendship so i think that listening helps you to distinguish first of all what your child needs to grow mm -hmm. and secondly what how they need to respond to what their their friend is throwing at them and in my experience it's often um a two-way falling apart when it happens and it takes one to cross over the bridge and be the kind one and say i'm sorry for the way i spoke to you so i want my child to be that one as much as possible yeah, um, I was going to say, what do you think the signs of a healthy friendship are? Okay, um, again, I, I feel we could go on for the, just this, we could have taken our whole podcast on a healthy friendship. Yeah. Um, but but we're looking for, uh, maybe, it's help, maybe it's helpful to think of what's not a healthy friendship. Yeah. So an unhealthy friendship would be one where a child is, or even an adult level, is putting down the other person continuously, not allowing them to be themselves, mm -hmm. where the friendship is very focused on the needs of one of the individuals and not of the others. And that can be a one-on-one -on -one friendship or even a group friendship. It kind of one person consumes everything along the way and takes up all the energy of the whole group. Um, so if that's an unhealthy friendship, then a healthy friendship is going to be the reverse of that, that it's one where everyone is feeling built up and encouraged and can be themselves um, and be free and relaxed to be themselves. But also it's going to be one um, where everyone's interested in each other. It's not a one sided friendship along the way. Um, I, I would add into that that when we're when we're wanting our children to grow as friends, there are some friends who help our children to coast along and there are others who kind of stretch them into goodness and greatness and to be the better version of themselves. Um, and certainly that's what I want for my kids is they find those who will just nudge them on that extra level and hopefully be a friend who will nudge them on that extra level as well. Yeah, that's because I think sometimes those challenging friendships actually grow things in our kids, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the bumps are what you climb on. So it's, uh, again, because this is such an anxiety inducing thing for us as parents, we hear, as you say, friendship meltdown and, and we kind of go into a meltdown and put ourselves yeah. in our children's shoes. And of course, there are the, the danger with this is uh, there's so many such a broad spectrum of um, families who are going to be listening to this. But I know you may be in a state where your child really is on meltdown and everything is there. But for many situations, that initial meltdown is actually we just need to take a deep breath, be the calm, stable part of this, and the children will come through the other side. If this is a longer term pattern of a lack of friendships or of being hurt by friendships, then that's a much bigger issue that we need to unpack with our children. And I, I would encourage you, the starting point is to point them to the friend who will never let them down. And that's Jesus. The yeah, I, that has to be um, the refuge, doesn't it? You know, when, yeah. when think, we've all had friendship stuff in our own lives, haven't we? And actually, being able to go back I was imagine myself sitting with God, sitting with Jesus. So this is just awful, or this person did this. Is it is such a gift, isn't it, to us and to our children to say, 
there is someone who will always be for that and never let you down and they're not saying they're going to be your only friend forever you know you're going to go back out into the world but you just get this moment of respite almost don't you when you can just go today i can't manage anything else but uh, yeah we could talk about that for ages too i guess yeah and, and i think sometimes when you go to the lord and know that he's your stable friend and this is the kind of relationship we want our children to have when yeah. they're sitting there the lord points out to them you need to say sorry yeah <laughs> look the reason you don't have any friends is because you're not friendly and the law can sometimes lovingly open up things in a way that when we've tried the children's brick wall goes up because absolutely of their so, Ab- absolutely i remember rachel talking um i think somebody asked her a question about when your kids being naughty so do you force them to say sorry she says and i think her answer at the time was something like um why don't you suggest they just pop to the door and have a chat with god you know just because actually it is his perspective but uh yeah so actually pointing our kids to um involve god in those conversations about their friends is so powerful isn't it yes absolutely so moving on so so you're a parent and your child might be three they might be 13 they might be older and you begin to spot something you think may not be a healthy relationship or stuff you don't like or maybe feel they're being influenced by their peers at what point do you as a parent start to jump in and interfere (laughs) <laughs> this depends on you as a parent, I think, doesn't it? But, but um, I think you know when your child is beginning to be damaged. I think we know our children as parents, don't we? Yeah. Um, I know one of my children is more resilient than another when it comes to friendship bases. So I would let them go through harder times and watch them grow through it. Others, I'm watching them being squashed and destroyed by the situation and it's at that point when i want to step in just before the kind of destruction implosion happens in their life to be there for them now to know that we're going to have to keep that open relationship with our children we need to talk Mm -hmm. with them listen to them spend that time with them and with our children i think part of developing good friendships for our children we've got five is that we deliberately take time one-on-one with them to listen to them and hear where they're at and hear where yeah. their heart is. Um, I know for sometimes birthday time can be a really traumatizing time for some children. You come around and it's, well, who are my real friends and who will actually come to my party? Well, if we can see that coming ahead, we can begin to talk about those things and lay the foundations. So if they're toddler age, um, it doesn't matter on birthdays because whoever comes, comes and we make it a special time for them. But as they grow older, I know with one of our children who had less friends than the others, um we said well we're putting a limit on the number who can come to the party we're going to do this special thing and the limit is only only three friends can come mm-hmm. because we knew that would be the right number for him both for what he could cope with he prefers one-on-one but also um just he wouldn't have to find the 10 friends that perhaps his other brothers and sisters would bring and then be like i don't have 10 friends and lead into a meltdown point so what point do we intervene when i see that it's going to damage them rather than build them up and I, I, that's that's sometimes not as easy. It's easy to say those words, isn't it? But it's not as yeah. easy to learn when that moment is. But I think if we're talking with our children and listening to them, you see where it starts to turn into a dark place, their thinking, rather than a, I can just shrug this off and keep going. Yeah, yeah. It's, we're never going to get it all right, are we? No. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> no. And, and if, if you think you are, um, walk a little bit humbler because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just just know that yeah, actually all of this, our, our trust is with the Lord. One, one of the things we say, Becky, is um, when you when you're praying for your children and thinking about your children, we as parents have for some reason given ourselves a license to worry about our children. 
Um, but true. Philippians says, do not worry about anything, but in everything. And we, we, I, I picture us as parents, many of us, we read this going, do not worry about anything except for your children. It's like we get a little get out clause because they're, yeah. they're to us. But don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, present your request to God with thanksgiving. In other words, if we're worrying about it, the response should be, no, I'm not going to worry. Lord, will you intervene? Will you help my child to become a good friend? Will you help them to form good friendships? I've often prayed, Lord, send the right friends to my children. Yeah. And I thank you what you're going to do. Here's, here's another thing. When they start a new school, I think sometimes we pray. out, And I guess I'm taking a step back from when is disaster coming to let's let's not wait for disaster. Let's go way back before that and, and pray that they make the right friendships. I think um, often as parents, again, we're willing to pray for our children when they start a new school of something like, oh, Lord, please help them make the right friends. And, and, and the motive behind that is really a fear because we know the wrong friendships can lead them astray or can damage them. Or um, a lack of friends. Or is lack so of friends. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's a very real fear to have. But what if we were to switch that and change our prayer of fear into a prayer of faith, which is, Lord, I believe you're sending them to this school for a reason you know who you want them to connect with and i pray let those connections be made where they'll be influenced for good but also where my children will be a good influence on their friends too mm -hmm. and so we kind of flip the whole thing on its head right at the start of the, that that uh friendship forming process and come into it trusting that god's in the middle of it yeah yeah there's so much isn't there but i've got a particularly christian one for you now so okay. I, I grew up in a Christian home like you, and I was very conscious as a child of uh, Jesus's love your neighbor, Jesus's model of loving the outcasts and, and those who maybe other people don't see good in or want to be with. And so how can we encourage our children in school or whatever environment they are to be that good friend, the one who, who models Jesus um, drawing in everyone? You know, there's often one or two people in the class who other children don't go near or don't like. And you don't want to force friendships on your children and you don't want to insist they do something. But we would love to see them being able to to love people in that way. And that's tough. Yeah, I, I maybe I'm going to come at this from a slightly different angle. I believe we're called to love everybody. That's not a grand statement, but we're not necessarily called to be everybody's friend. True. So if you see what Jesus did, he had his close disciples and he would share with them the inside information of I, mm -hmm. I'll tell you what these parables mean. But at times, Jesus says, have nothing to do with those who claim to follow me, but don't live like it. Um, you read in Proverbs, you read quite a few verses. And Psalm one speaks about this. Um, don't be those who. Uh, stand in the seat of mockers. I might be quoting this wrong. Sit, sit in the way of sinners. But yeah. Basically, keep away from those wicked people. Um, Proverbs, uh, there's lots and lots of verses in Proverbs that kind of cover this idea of make friends with the right people. Um, so do not make friends, Proverbs 22, with a hot-tempered person, verse 24. Do not be associated with one who's easily angered. Um, Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise, become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Um, Proverbs 12, 26, righteous choose their friends carefully and the wicked leads them astray. So I'm, I'm kind of throwing those verses out to say this is actually a, a scriptural principle all the way through that we must choose our friends wisely. Remember, our friends are those who are sharing a, a deep part of ourselves and opening mm -hmm. ourselves up in a way that means we could be hurt. Then we layer on top of that, love your enemies. 
do good to those who hate you. Well, that's not me being a friend. That's me just being a nice person. You know, what is love? Love is patient. Well, I need to be patient with that child who's annoying and is short tempered. Love is kind. <laughs> I need to be kind with the school bully. Love is not easily angered. Okay, if I'm easily angered, then that's my issue to work through. And, and so to encourage our children to live in a way that is good and kind and loving to everyone around is absolutely the must. And uh, let, let me, that, that's kind of the theory. Let me put some flesh, a bit of flesh onto this. So if a child comes in uh, from home from school and goes, ah, blank was so annoying today. And it's like, well, then how should we respond to them? What does it look like to love them? That's very different to saying you must be their friend. No, you must love them, but you don't have to be friends with them. Yeah. What about, though, those kids who are maybe lonely or lost or not very popular? And again, I get I, I think you're completely right. You, you can't create a friendship where there is none. But there is that thing, isn't there, about our responsibility as Christians to um, include what might yeah. that look like? So, so it's exactly the same idea as we've been talking about, I think, isn't it? That you keep looking out. So the love, when your love eyes are on, I've got to love everybody in the class. Who is it who's not being loved at the moment? It's that child who's sat right. by himself. I'll go and sit with them. Does that mean I'm becoming their friend? Maybe, maybe not. No, Doesn't that's really helpful. Way. But, mm-hmm. but that we create children who are actually outward looking and not inward looking. So in the same way as a toxic friendship is always about myself 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 and they're never asking about you and how you are i think a toxic friendship group is one that that becomes very cliquey and isolationist so Mm -hmm. helping our children to look out for those who need that's all part of the the journey of growing with jesus and And i think that might be quite freeing for some kids to say i'm not asking you to be the friend of everyone but i'm asking you to be good and kind and just notice when somebody needs a little bit of companionship or encouragement Yeah. yeah One of my children children, um, was like he when he was younger, he was felt very much the outsider of every group. Um, He was lovely and loved. He had some really good friends. But every time he was very shy, he had to kind of be introduced to the group and invited Mm -hmm. in by them rather than him being there. And so when there were people who he began to spot were on the outside, we reminded him of this and said, why don't you be the one to invite them in and invite them to be a part Mm -hmm. of it? And I, I think it's it's that kind of mindset of let's be looking out for others. That doesn't mean I have share, say I have to share everything with them. It doesn't mean yeah. say that we're going to do everything together. But it does mean that I have to be godly and act like Jesus loved those around me along the way. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. And now this is one which with five children, you can probably speak on with enormous amounts of authority. How can you encourage siblings to be friends with each other? <laughs> okay, well, let's let's take a step back on this and encourage ourselves that sibling rivalry um, is found right in the very beginning from Adam and Eve. The <laughs> yeah. very first siblings had a, a severe rivalry going on. Um, and, and then fast forward, uh, name any siblings in the Bible, whether it's Joseph and his brothers, uh, whether it's Jacob and Esau. Um, I, I think I even wonder and feel a lot for Andrew, the disciples. You've got James and John, who are best friends. And then you've got Simon and Andrew who are friends and Jesus chooses Peter, Simon, yeah. Peter, James and John. I, I feel for Andrew. <laughs> He's kind of the fourth of three. Um, and you wonder why along the way. But uh, so setting that aside to say this is something that's been going on. And why is it going on? 
because those who are closest to us, we feel most comfortable to be ourselves, but also because we feel in competition with our siblings. So here's, here's one of the things we love to do with our children is to help them to appreciate each other's strengths. Mm -hmm. In other words, um, you want to do better than them at this. They want to do better than you at this. And there's competition of who's going to be the best, whether that's later on exam grades, my young ones coming up, I'm going to do better grades than you now they're at that age. Or when they're younger, I, look, I can build this train track. Well, my train track is better than his. He's like, yeah, well, he's one and you're five. But yeah, well done. <laughs> But, but helping them to begin to appreciate what the other person is good at. Well, have you noticed how they're always kind and celebrating those things? It can just take the edge off that rivalry. Um, the other thing I think is for us as parents not to panic and stress and feel like we're in crisis if our children are squabbling a little bit. Often what I watch for in my children is not just how they are in the home, but how are they outside of the home yeah. when others are around? And, and this for me is the real litmus test of how big of an issue it is. Because if they're defending each other outside of the home and fighting each other in the home, then actually we're probably okay and gonna come through this. Yeah. But if they are speaking badly against each other outside the home, then that's something we need to talk through and say, hey, we're family. We have to stick up for each other, whether we like it or not. We've got to have each other's, you know, Cain and Abel, Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. It's up to you to stick up for your siblings and what is done. So, so that's that's obviously something which we, we want to feed in and grow into our children. Um, but my litmus test is what's it like outside of the home? Yeah, I remember that with my sister when I was young. You know, fought like cats and dogs at home. We did anything in the playground. We were there. Yeah. It was always that way. Now, we're, we're almost out of time. And I really appreciate um, kind of you sharing your wisdom, your thoughts, because I'm going to give you a little plug for your book. Um, because I've read it and I really enjoyed it. It's called Camp Survival. And it's, I don't know how you plug it at the back. Uh, it's all about friendship, basically, in a camping trip. Do you just want to give it a bit more of a, a bit more information there? Yeah, so, so we wrote Camp Survival because we wanted people to have a biblical worldview of friendships. We know it's such a rocky pathway. Um, and it's one of those things where if our children get stuck in the wrong rut of friendship, actually they, they, they can get stuck there for a long time you know problems when mm -hmm. they're five six seven with friendships can be un, if left unresolved can continue into teenage years even if they move school and so on so it's such a critical thing um but we've written it in a fun way so it's one of these you decide books and some of you parents you may be familiar with this where it's you go past a cave if you want to enter the cave turn to page 48 yeah. you want to carry on walking turn to page 93 and all the way through the children are having to make decisions of will they go near the bully or avoid them will they sit next to their friend or sit next to the loner um, and based on what decisions they make, they will they will may well be end, uh, end up being sent home from this camp by the super strict teacher, Mr. Fairfield, who it really you don't want to get on the wrong side of him. I think he's ex-military. Um, <laughs> uh, but wherever they land at the end, whether they were sent home early or whether they make it through the whole camp and go, yeah, but something wasn't quite right about it. That we always end with that. Uh, you grab your Bible and it opens up at this page and it's got a verse. So love your enemies. Do be, do good to those who hate you. That, that'll be if you've kind of mistreated the bullies, if that's the path you've chosen, um, then they get to reflect on that. So whatever path, whatever decisions they make, they get there. There's over 30 different endings um, as they navigate their way through. And it's quite funny. I think the book and it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a fun book. It's a fun book. The yeah, I will say I've, I've I've had a few goes. I've been thrown out of camp every time. Um, but I think, you know, maybe I'd describe it as kind of a deep dive into kind of 
that pot of wisdom the Bible has about friendship, because it's permeate. You're right, from Cain and Abel onwards, the Bible actually talks all the time about friendship in one way, whether it's friendship with others or friendship with God. So, um, yeah, I personal recommendation: Camp Survival's a great read for your kids. We're, for we're you. made for community, not isolation, aren't we? So yeah, if our children absolutely. are struggling with friendships, we can't just go forget this part of life. It's so key yeah. for life. They don't need hundreds of friends, but we do need to pray in one or two good friends for our children. Thanks, Ollie. That's been really helpful and love talking to you. Oh, thank you, Becky, for having me. And as usual, we have a question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation. Which Bible character would you most like to be friends with? Have a great conversation. We'll be back next week. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.